back to the Matt Mosley Show on ESPN Central Texas. It's Mosley. The Matt Mosley Show. Aaron Sexton alongside Anthony Gargano joining us now from Philly. It's Cowboys-Eagles. It's almost here. Anthony, I mean, I understand just moments ago I was informed that you were involved in some kind of black tie event this evening. Are you dressed, ready to go? Or, I mean, when does this are, – are you speaking tonight? I mean, what sort of event? This is uh, – I did not know you dressed up like this. So this is uh, – <laughs> this should be an interesting evening. How are you, sir? It's, uh, it's like putting tuxedo on a pig, right? That's the old saying. Um, <laughs> oh, we're going like to a, an Eagles party. It's not. It's not an E A G L E S Eagles party. It's a a, a special uh, dinner with uh, Andrea Bocelli, the uh, the tenor, the Italian tenor. So I'm not dressed. <laughs> I got to take off my uh, Fletcher Cox jersey to uh, <laughs> to put on the talk. <laughs> What's I'll this? What? Yeah, it's, it, this event's going to be beautiful, but it's going to be nothing like Sunday night in Jerry World, man. Yeah, I, I got to think the Eagles fans are a little worried a- after what happened uh, Sunday against the 49ers. And the Cowboys have just been waiting for an opportunity to get back into this race. And the opportunity is here. And both teams are going to be in the playoffs, but if they win... Boy, I, that city of Philly will be in an all-out all panic. I'm talking about if the Cowboys win. And, oh, by the way, they do not lose at home. I mean, suddenly, Anthony, we're talking about one of the great home field advantages in the NFL. 14 straight. 14 straight for these Cowboys. What is the mood of this city and this, uh, and this team coming off that tough loss to the Niners? Well, remember – and it was ugly, just like it was ugly when when San Fran beat the Cowboys earlier in the year. But remember, they had gone through a gauntlet, right? They had, they had that great game against the Cowboys at Lincoln Financial Field. Then they played Kansas City on a on a Monday night rematch of the Super Bowl. Then Buffalo, and then last week San Francisco. So it was a gauntlet of opponents. So I think some of the sting from the loss is you know not as not as it's not as potent only because of the circumstances. But I mean, listen, Baldy, Brian Baldinger and I do uh, a show on all city network. We go, we, we break down tape every day. This Cowboys offense is just utterly frightening. And look, if there's one weakness on the Eagles, it's their back seven. So I think it's another great game. I think it's another shootout. I, I think it's going to be one of those, get your popcorn ready to quote T.O. Man, leave T.O. out of this. My gosh, <laughs> both fan bases can't stand this guy. Although I would say the Cowboys <laughs> like him a little more. Like, he can show up in Dallas. He really yeah. still probably can't show up in uh, in Philly. But uh, Anthony Gargano joining us. You hear him on uh, Fox Sports National. I mean, I've been on with you before. I, I – uh, we got to do that again sometime, although you do get that thing going early in the morning. I think that starts about 4 a.m. my time on a Saturday. That's a little tough uh, given the yeah. fact I go to bed 
late at night. Now, what is your what are the Eagles thinking about Dak? You and I have had some really nice debates about Dak. It used to be Wentz, then it became Hurts, and Hurts definitely surpassed Dak in his standing in the league, and I think still has based on what he's done in the playoffs, right? But Dak is in a great place right now. What do you when you kind of uh, what do you, when you see Dak in the way he's playing? I think he's playing the best football of his career. I yeah. think it's legit. I think this offense suits him. Uh, I think it's all click for him. Uh, I've broken down the tape every one of his games, and it's real. He looks, he's delivering the ball on time. He's accurate. You know, ever since they got Brandon Cooks involved more, uh, it's it looks it just looks great. Ferguson as a tight end, I mean, you know, it's a it, it's impressive. Like their offense is legit. Now, there's one caveat, all right, and it has to do with that. Like he's MVP candidate without a doubt. But a game against the Eagles, they had the Eagles on the ropes. He steps out of bounds. He goes to the wrong – you know, they were running twin rubs on that play, if you remember, and the schoolmaker play, right? The, the real – on the other side, CD ran a rub. Brandon Cook's wide open for a touchdown, and he looked the other way with his tight ends. So, you know, I wonder, are, are they – He's got to get rid of the front runner tag, right? They've beaten one team with a winning record. That was Seattle. And Seattle gave him a game. So, you know, listen, he's playing great football. And I think that offense is, is legit. I think they're going to be a problem Sunday night. But is that Cowboys team? And this is what I wonder. Are they a front runner? They're going to have to answer that question Sunday night. All right. And tell me. What are you hearing on Shaq Leonard? And when you and Baldy kind of look maybe back at film, I'm sure you all have done that when he was with the Colts and maybe even as he was playing less and less. Like, what do you think he still has left in the tank? And how quickly can he make an impact for the Eagles? Like, what are you – what are the expectations for for a guy like this? Not much for Sunday night. Like, he'll get a few – He'll get, he might get a few snaps Sunday night, but, you know, it's not I – mean, he's got to get integrated into the scheme. They just got Kevin Byard uh, from Tennessee, same thing. He's just starting to play, so he'll play a lot Sunday night. I, I think Shaq's got some, got some game left. I do. I, think, I just don't think the situation was right in Indy. And uh, remember, they had someone that is balling out right now, kind of made him expendable. I think he's an upgrade to what they got now. And I think he's going to help them because what they got now is not enough. All right. And last thing I had for you, what do you do against the great Micah? I mean, the man is a game wrecker and he likes to line up over that middle. I mean, I think we all know who the Eagles have at center, but Micah likes to kind of come from that angle. He's been doing it more and more. What do you think about this Eagles O-line as they get ready to to face a huge test? And Mike is not the only player on this defense, but he is he's the he's the scariest. He is. And and listen, you know, I mean they know Michael well, right? They their plan probably will continue to to run at him, right? Because I think that's what you got to do. The Eagles offensive line is great. Like you know that. You mentioned Kelsey, you you mentioned Lane Johnson. 
right? Jordan Mayalata. I mean, that line is a great offensive line. So it's it's going to be a wonderful matchup. I I just think it's which which defensive front makes the most noise, right? The Eagles' strength on defense is their front. Jalen Carter is a beast. So whatever defensive front can make enough plays to disrupt that offense, to me, that's the team that's going to win. All right. Well, it's. Uh, did you have a take on the uh, Florida State? I was kind of curious. Did you? Uh, were you upset on behalf of the Seminoles? No. Or were you no. okay with the committee no. the way they ended up with getting it? No. I mean, let's face it. If you're going to look at which teams are the best teams, that team's just not good enough. All right. And it, the whole system's messed up. Thank God they're expanding the playoffs next year. But I, I'm not playing a violin for Florida State when the ACC is completely down and they limped into the finish. It's a shame they lost their quarterback, but they're not very good. And I got to be honest, there's no way in the world shutting out an SEC team. If I'm going to play the the violin for anybody, it's for Georgia that loses one game in the SEC championship game by three points. That's who I'll play the violin for, not Florida State. All right. I'm glad about Texas because I like Texas. I think Texas is a good team. I think they deserved it. All right, all right. He's he's suddenly embracing the Longhorns, Anthony Gargano. Longhorns, baby. Yeah. Why are you uh, Why are you holding up this menu in your Twitter uh, profile that says gin and tonic on it? What is? Uh, yeah. Oh, is there a Gargano on there? Is there a yes, gin and tonic? Gargano gin. Oh, nice. Have you ever yes. tasted such gin? I did. That picture was in Gargano, Italy, where I had my Gargano gin. Oh, that's nice. That's nice to go to the homeland. I mean, I can't imagine how cool that was for people to come out and people that have listened to you over the years and to see you on the streets of Gargano. That's nice. (laughs) Um, Of course, I speak Italian, so it didn't work. You speak fast enough, you know, it's fine. You'll be fine. They'll know, they'll know, rapido, rapido. They'll know what you mean. Hey, I love you. Um, I love you. Those hey, be fans. good. Be good. All okay, right. have a good go. night. Enjoy there you go. Okay, I will. I will. Uh, Anthony Gargano, off into the night, uh, black tie event. Uh, <laughs> Botticelli's in town. <laughs> Bocelli, Bocelli, not Botticelli. I, I don't know. Uh that's a big one, though, Aaron. Uh, what did he say? Andre Bocelli? Is that how He's you say that? He's one of the three tenors, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, big-time tenor. That's what he, he – yeah. Yeah, Bocelli. I, I got to look this up, uh, see kind of where Bocelli – I'd like to see Bocelli. Yeah, look at – now, how old do you think Aaron Andrea Bocelli is? Would Ooh. you just guess? Don't, don't look it up. 73. 65 still pretty young still i don't know if that's the prime of a of a soloist uh or a tenor's career but i think 65 you can still do some good things and uh bocelli i was gonna look at the bocelli uh see when he was coming to uh uh, central texas next i don't i'm having a hard time finding the uh bocelli concert schedule here there we go he's a oh uh-oh. Oh, no, Aaron. This is so bad. I just looked it up. <laughs> and he just, 
uh, the crowd was in its seats, prepared for the opera icon to take the Wells Fargo Center stage. But when he did, it wasn't to build to belt out beautiful words into a microphone. Instead, a tuxedoed Andrea Bocelli took the South Philadelphia stage, but it was only to apologize to the crowd that he couldn't perform Thursday night. The Philly cancellation came a day after he canceled his Boston concert due to health challenges. He told fans uh, to hold on to their tickets as the concerts would be rescheduled. Wow. Um, Okay. Well, I don't, I don't, I guess he's going to try to go again tonight, but that's, uh, that's disappointing. Andrea Bocelli uh, and, and Aaron on a Facebook post, Bocelli says, the voice is a gift that I have received. It is an instrument that has been entrusted to me. I have always considered it my precise duty and an honor and a grace to be able to share it with those who want to listen to it. Aaron, that's how I feel every day. That's how I feel about my voice. For this reason, as long as I'm given the strength, I will continue to travel and sing. For this reason, especially on tour, I preserve it with the rigor of an athlete, aware of the privilege and responsibility that I perceive, respecting the public first and foremost. Oh, geez. Aaron, this almost, this is, uh, it says NBC 10 has reached out to Wells Fargo in an attempt to find out when the rescheduled show may take place. So let's hope Gargano gets to uh, hear him tonight. Aaron, it made me, reading that emotional uh, 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 Facebook post, did you see the Kansas State president has spoken on this thing we've been talking about with uh, Naquan Tomlin? So he put out a big statement today, and it it clears up nothing. Like the guy is going to go in the portal – and he'll be immediately able to play in the second semester. I mean, literally by. And again, I don't know if you have to, if that's when the kids are back in school or like if he could play January second or something like that. Who knows? But Naquan Tomlin, his career is over at Kansas State, and the president has stepped in and put out a long statement which really resolves nothing, really resolves nothing. So, uh, I, Aaron, that's the only problem. Like, sometimes I am of the team that says, hey, we want to hear from this group, or we want to hear from the president. But then, of course, we're mad when the president puts out a statement that doesn't reveal anything. And in this instance, the only thing the president tries to put out there is that Whatever the reason they're getting rid of Naquan Tomlin or dismissing him on full-time is more than what happened at that bar in, what do they call that, or in Aggieville or whatever in Manhattan. It's, it's more than what happened with that. Well, we already kind of knew that. So in, in some ways, by making this statement, he's impugning the player they the, what what colleges love to do is like they they're like give these vague statements and then at the end they say hey we're really sorry there's these privacy things reasons we can't tell you anything but oh we're going to tell you enough to let you know that there's a reason this guy is off our campus or off our team so and then this comes on the heels of of uh, Jerome 
sitting on the purple couch, and it's where he has chat sometimes in, uh, in addressing this. And, but he, Jerome did it as only Jerome could with like, hey, we pray for Naquan. Let's move on in a spirit of love. Like, I think, I think Jerome's beloved enough by fans where they kind of give him the benefit of the doubt on pretty much everything, right? And they went to the Elite Eight last year. They don't give administrators the same love. It's way easier to turn your ire in these kind of situations toward an administrator. So, anyway, the president of Kansas State has come under fire for the handling of this. Yesterday, Aaron, um, Jerome and assistant coach uh, uh, Dowling, um, Kadeem Dowling, showed up on the scene and told uh, uh, and, and, like, said hello to the students and encouraged them to um, use their emotion in a different way than the protest. And the, and the students seemed to kind of like interacting with them, and they went ahead and left wherever they were doing the protest. Aaron, where would, where would Baylor students, if they wanted to protest something, where would it happen? I was just thinking about this earlier today. Where on campus... I mean, it seems odd to be out by the stadium because while technically you can say it's on campus, it doesn't feel totally, you know, it's it's across the bridge and across the road and all that stuff. I guess you would go in front of the sub. I guess I guess you'd go in front of the student union building or perhaps the steps of Patneff Hall. But because of the timing on all this, People think that once they went to protest at the president's house, that is when Naquan was permanently. And by the way, at that protest two days ago, Naquan stopped by the protest. What the president seems to be suggesting is that there is a chain of events here. There is a pattern of behavior, and it wasn't just about whatever happened at um, at that bar. So interesting things going on with Kansas State. Now, Aaron, it's always interesting. We do it every single day at around Friday. 345. Do we have to? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I look forward to it. <laughs> Can we just get to it right now? No, no. We, we need to build the momentum and build the excitement. Next, it is time for Stephanie Sports Corner. 